Hi, and welcome to the official Good Morning Football podcast. I'm Will Selvin. Here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table. Week 15 had us wanting more, from a shout-out in Dallas to a Sunday night surprise from Foles and the Eagles. Let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest games from Week 15. Triggs, Eagles took down the Rams. Stunning. Away we go, and here we go. Where are we get going? On, get on board. You know, Tony Dungy before the game last night on NBC was the lone predictor to pick the Eagles and yeah. getting mocked yeah. wildly online. And I said, wait a second, Tony's a smart guy. Coach Dungy knows, mm. and Nick Foles is a pretty good quarterback. Mm. I'll tell you what, the Eagles, we were in London when the Eagles beat the Jaguars, and I felt like there was something special with that win. Like, okay, they went on this long road trip, they're coming back, and then they fell on their faces the next week. And then they went down to New Orleans, and I came on the show, and I'm like, I think the Eagles might be able to find that magic going to New Orleans, go in there and shock the – they lost 51-10. to 10. Last week, Cowboys, maybe the – finally, it took until week 15 to see the Eagles from last year, and it yeah. just so happens that Nick Foles was the quarterback. Mm. And I'll tell you what, it just so happens that – Alshon Jeffrey played his best game of the year. It just so happened that Wendell Smallwood showed up. It just so happened that the defense was able to stop Todd Gurley. And it just so happened that the offensive line, which has been such a problem for the Eagles and such, so maligned, was able to neutralize Aaron Donald. I don't want to do the whole legacy talk with Carson Wentz. And I don't want to do what if and what now and what could have been. If it, I don't care. It's week 16. The Eagles are alive. And they found their groove the same place they found it last year in Los Angeles. Is it too late? I don't think it's too late. Half Crazy game. things have happened, and they are believing. What a win for the Eagles. They're flying back right now. I know they're Ooh. in the air. They're making that trip, and you better believe they've got the Texans this weekend. They think they can win, and I bet you the Eagles fan base, who was there in mass last night and showed up and showed out, believes the same exact thing. Fly, Eagles, fly. They're alive. What do you think, Nate? Well, listen, I'm looking at the Eagles, and it's all about pressure at this point. You said, let's go, get ready for the ride, and it's the ride to pressure town. And I feel like the Rams are feeling the pressure, not applying it. They say all the time, that's the two things you can do with it. You can either apply it or feel it. And if you look at the Eagles and what they did to the Rams, mm -hmm. they weren't the same team. You know you're feeling pressure when the mistakes happen that you're not used to seeing through the duration of the season. You have the interceptions. You have golf dropping back, getting his foot stepped on, trying to collect the ball, and then letting it go out of his hand. What are you thinking? JoJo Nassin gets the punt return. He bobbles the ball. He loses it. What are you thinking? They're feeling the pressure. Yeah. And we talked about this last week. The same thing I said last year when Wentz went down. I said, Eagles fans, just relax, man. You guys forget that Nick Foles is a pretty damn good quarterback. Mm. Last week we had this conversation. Just relax, man. You guys forget that Nick Foles is a pretty damn good quarterback. They're rallying around this individual, and they put the ultimate pressure, as we're seeing right here. Play after play, we saw the Rams make like this, and these are huge mistakes in a game in a month where implications in the playoffs are everything. So I would say this. If you're the Eagles, yeah, take on that pressure. Keep applying it. Mm -hmm. If you're the Rams, Woosa. Woosa. <laughs> feeling way too much pressure, and it's evident in these games. I'll talk about the Rams here, too, because you, I love that you mentioned that London game is a turning point for that Eagles team. I weirdly think the turning point was a win for the Rams over the Chiefs. That felt like a Super Bowl. And are they a little bit Super Bowl hungover after this game? I don't want to be super critical of the Rams, and I do want to give credit to the Saints, they, or not to the, uh, to the Eagles. They very much so deserve it, especially those defensive backs, especially the fact that with Aqib Tlaib on the field, Alshon Jeffrey still went crazy. I was wrong about that. But I'm looking at Jared Goff. They have six interceptions over the last two games. Six turnovers. That's more than Drew Brees has 
all season long. No touchdowns for Jared Goff in those moments. You're talking pressure in, like, the life sense. I'm talking all of a sudden their offensive line isn't doing what they were doing all season not long. stepping up. So now he's under pressure oh, all of the time. Even in the win over the Lions, that was a bit of a struggle for the Rams to get. They didn't look great. So credit to the Eagles for these interceptions. Corey Graham, rookie Avanti Maddox doing his thing. And, you know, the answer is probably to run the ball a little bit more. You're looking at Gurley, 12 carries this week, 11 carries last week. Something's going on here, but the turnovers are the issue. Both teams struggled on third down. Did one? Did the Eagles play lights out football? Did they look absolutely amazing? No, it's the Rams turning the ball over three times again that handed them the loss here. We talk all the time about Juju and Mojo and team. The Rams don't have it right now. I don't think that they, they haven't had it since the bye week. I don't know what the hell they did on that bye week, but it's been weird. They don't have it. As far as Philly, this team is crazy. This team, the, the guys on this <laughs> team are just wild. You, you, you don't count them out. You don't, you don't believe in them. I remember last week we were talking about, well, Foles is back, and we're going to bring all the same people back and do it again. And I remember about 18 years ago I was watching TV and I saw Dan Aykroyd in a suit and a string tie doing the Blues Brothers thing. He goes, we're getting the band back together. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. they're doing a Blues Brothers bleeping sequel? you got to be kidding me. Blues Brothers 2000. Unbelievable. John Goodman. This didn't feel like this. This for one night, it felt like the Dark Knight. It felt like T2. It felt like Empire Strikes yeah. Back. The Alshon thing is a huge eye test. He all of a sudden looks like an all-pro yeah. out there. I just Chris Long, I think, put it perfectly. He said, "This is us. Like we've been. This is the. This is our team. It's, I wish it would have come sooner, but we finally found it." I'm still not, but I still don't know if this is still going to be European gigolo. I have no idea. Yeah. We got to see this Houston game, but they're not supposed to win that game last night. They're not supposed to go to the Coliseum. That was the get right game for the Rams, the funeral for the Eagles, and they, they were up 17 points at the yeah. end of the game. The Eagles are wild. If they win Houston, we got something. And how many points did the other Texas team put up yesterday? Bam! That's another win. Zero! All right, what did we learn from these Steelers and this win yesterday? I'm sure you want to give them some credit. Of course, what I took away from this game is that the best player on the field was Jalen Samuels. <laughs> you know, Tom Brady was decent. Ben Roethlisberger was decent. Antonio Brown had a big play, of course. But it was Jalen Samuels. If you're not familiar with him, NC State had over 1,000 yards, did it both as a tight end and a running back. He's NC State's leading receiver. I mean, had 75 catches last year, but it was him as a running back. I mean, th this was right out the gate. They had the cutback play perfectly designed, and here he is catching out of the backfield. What he brought to the table in a season that seemed so lost. When you have Le'Veon Bell who doesn't show up, and then who does show up, James Conner, but then he goes down. He's sitting on the sideline pregame, and they say, hey, Jalen, man, you know, we, we got you, and you're a little bit of this, you're a little bit of that. You can catch out the backfield. You can run in between Nate, the tackles. Yeah, he, he, he averaged six rushing attempts per game last year at NC State. Hmm. And you look at this game, 19 rushes, 142, and 30 yards receiving. My man was everything that the Steelers needed to beat the Patriots. And I'll say this, a very bold statement. Without Jalen Samuels, the Steelers don't win this game. Mm -hmm. And without Jalen Samuels, I don't know how far they're going to go moving forward. So if I'm that Steelers offense, this is a man that you need to focus on and start to build your team around and game plan around moving forward. What a win. What a huge, yeah. huge win for Pittsburgh. Tomlin talked after the game about the concept of toughness. And his quote was, sometimes you have to cut your eyelids off when you want to blink. Now, that's disgusting, and it's intense, but I feel like he talks about everything they put into this game. Wow. you got to cut them off. I'm not going to look. I'd rather cut my eyelids off. We have a very interesting relationship with the show as the Steelers. We talk about them a lot. We have a lot of their players on. They don't win the big game. So it's like we come off as negative, and we come off as we're sliding them. We're not. I'm thrilled for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They win this game. And they did all the things, too, that they could have lost, and it still didn't matter. They were so much better from start to finish. They're on their last string running back. Didn't matter. 
Ben threw a couple of big picks. Didn't matter. Their kicker didn't have it. Didn't matter. Juju and A.B. completely disappeared in the second half, and it didn't matter. T.J. Watt was unblockable. The defense was great. The running game was great. There is no second layer. I have no shtick. I have no joke. Pittsburgh had an awesome win last night, yep. and they made Brady look terrible. Great night to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Well said. You know, if you're in fraternity or sorority life, they had something they called Hell Week back in sure. college. This was Hell Week for Mike mm. Tomlin. For the first time, it was really being discussed in Pittsburgh. Like, is this the guy? You know, like, is this the guy? Hot seat, you know, Hot seat. And it was legit talk yeah, on the Pittsburgh. Up. Usually they've always got their Steelers back. But now Mike Tomlin's name was being brought up as a guy who might not be there next year. You look at the Steelers' recent history with the Steelers, with the Patriots, completely owned by their rivals. This was Mike Tomlin's biggest win of the year, and I would go as far as saying maybe Mike Tomlin's biggest game Ooh. since his Super Bowl victory over the Arizona Cardinals 10 years ago. To come out there and beat the bully in your building and stop Tom Brady and out-coach Bill Belichick, which he did last night, mm. and to finally right. say enough is enough, I'm going to put my foot down and I'm going to stop all the chatter on the Pittsburgh Sports Radio about my job security, stop all the chatter on Good Morning Football, whether Mike Tomlin can win the big one, and stop all the chatter up in New England how the, how the Steelers are not a worthy rival opponent. Mm -hmm. What a win for Mike Tomlin. If there's a game ball, I love giving it out to Jalen Samuels. I love giving it out to players. Yeah. But I look at that playoff picture, and they are now a little bit more comfortable than they were because their, Steel their Steelers schedule, although it's tough, the Saints are coming up, it gets a little bit more breathing room because yeah. that win was as big as it gets last yeah. night. I love everything you said. I totally agree with you guys. All credit to the Steelers. Back-to-back -back losses for the Patriots mm -hmm. in December. This does not really happen. There's some very uncharacteristic things happening with even Tom Brady. They lose to the Dolphins, and you can say it was on that weird last play and Gronk and all of that, but really, I look at a weird mistake Brady made that he like killed himself over all week in post-game or post-game of that game, and I'm sure all week this season or this week against the Dolphins before the half, taking a sack, no timeouts, yeah. thought he had a timeout. Him not even knowing that was weird. Fast forward to this game, this interception. Nate, tell me, what, what is he thinking on this play right here? He's flushed and he's throwing off his back leg, but that, that just goes to the Steelers' defense, um, putting Tom Brady in a position he's not usually in as throwing a ball off his back leg, basically trying to give Gronk the ability I think to he's go trying to throw it out of bounds. This, this box score, this game, how it went down was a statement loss for the Patriots to me. It's not, I'm not saying it's a turning of the tide. I'm not saying they're not going to the AFC Championship or winning the Super Bowl. But I am saying that Santa came a little bit early this year because we have a topsy-turvy, like, tumult-filled AFC playoff picture, and I love it because I feel like at this point in the year, Nate, yeah. I can't really fall in love with other AFC teams. I can't. Like, I want to like the Texans, but I'm like, yeah, but the Patriots. Sure. I want to like right. the Chargers, but yeah, the Patriots. In previous years, they've robbed me of that. I now fully feel like I can invest in other teams taking the crown from the Patriots after these last two weeks of play. Yeah, it's like being in Hollywood. It's an open relationship right mm -hmm. now, and you're um, taking mm -hmm. tutors. No, for me, I mean, uh, listen, about a month and a half ago, I came out and I said that this isn't going to be the Patriots' year. And the Patriots fans, like, lit me up. I'm talking Twitter, Instagram, sliding in my DMs. Be. They were so mad at me. And it wasn't disrespect to the legacy. If you listen to me talk, I always say all the time, that's one team I wish I would have played for. Sure, yeah. But there's something different about this team. And not in a positive sense. They just don't have, I'm not going to say they don't have the juice. Let's just break it down to pure football. Julian Edelman hasn't recaptured the true magic of being back on the field. 
Gronk seems like one game he's the best tight end in the when, business. When was that? When and was then, he the best game this year? I said, I said one game he Not might anymore. seem like the best tight end in the business. Game and then the, the next game he'll seem like yeah. he's falling apart. Tom Brady will go out there and light it up, and then he'll, he'll look very average. The defense is giving up points depending on who they play. So, for me, this team isn't as, invincible as, years, as hey. invincible as years past. And that's the reason why Scariest I said part, this isn't going to be a Super Bowl run for the Patriots. Belichick's not out coaching anybody. Mm-hmm. And last mm-hmm. night, Josh Gordon wasn't on the final series. Philip Dorsett played two snaps. Brady didn't look like he was in sorts. Sonny Michelle had one snap in the first quarter. You're talking about gaffes as far as game management. Belichick does not look like the Belichick of old. What was that final series? I don't know it what no that was. Shot. It was For the record, Brady said he was trying to flick it out of bounds to Gronk, but that was that was not a Brady The players play. could play. All four of those had no shots, ever. It was ugly as hell. You got to correct some this. things. They could play on Wild Card Weekend for the first time since 2009. That is an incredible thing. Do we doubt them? No, you have a blood oath. I'm sure we'll go over. I, I'll get into my blood oath. I, I'm really being pushed on. I'm going to bleed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Brady. It's not good. Let's talk Cowboys and Colts. What stood out to you, Kyle, in this one? Can we do this right? Because a lot of shows are doing it wrong this morning. A lot what's, of what's that mean? It's all Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. Okay. Colts. Yeah. Colts first. They just shut out the Dallas Cowboys, Peter. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. The Indianapolis Colts get credit. Before we get, what's wrong with that? The Indianapolis Colts are one of the hottest teams in football. They're going to sweep a million of the major awards. I don't even know if you walked around America, if you walked around Indianapolis for that matter. Who's the Colts' best defensive player? Is it Dwight Freeney? Is it Bob Sanders? I have no Robert idea. Robert Mathis. Robert Mathis, maybe it is. Okay, maybe maybe you know about Darius Leonard, who's going to win defensive Woo. rookie of the year. Do you know about guys like Marcus Hunt, Jabal Sheard? Do you know a guy named Pierre Desir oh, yeah. had a big fumble recovery? George Odom had a big interception. I know everybody knows Dak and Zeke, and well, they should. The Indianapolis Colts had the best day of any team in the NFL yesterday, and some teams had some great ones. Punched the Cowboys in the mouth six times and shut them out. The Colts are going to the playoffs. Oh. This is the next step. See you in January. Awesome win. A shutout. I love Marcus Hunt, obviously. Pierre Desir from Linwood College. All these guys, it's a great story. But the Cowboys are America's team, so I think it is fair to wonder – on a show in the morning, what went wrong? Because we all wanted to invest on this one. After yeah. yesterday, after last week, when Dak had the bad first half and then has his great second half and they beat the Eagles in overtime and Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan are rolling. It. I feel betrayed by the Cowboys yeah, this morning. Same. I feel betrayed. I feel like I was resistant to saying, yes, yes, Amari uh-huh. Cooper is a number one. And, and right when you say, yes, we're in after that win over the Eagles, you do something like that. And, and I'll tell you what, Scott Linehan, that was a disgusting display on offense. And, and you could say it was all because of the, the no-name Colts defense, but what about those Cowboys players? I get it when you're in prime time and you're against the Saints on a Thursday night. It's easy to get lifted up and have that ride you. If you're on against the Eagles and it's Buck and Aikman, how are you going to show up 1 o'clock in Indianapolis in a game that's not a nationally televised game and you've got a, a different crew than just the, the Nansen Romo or the Aikman? How are you going to show up when not everyone's watching and it's not on the spotlight? If that's what's going to happen, then I can't invest on the Cowboys. I can list a million reasons why I didn't think they played well. Most importantly, I just feel like they didn't play well. And just when you want to put all your chips in on Dallas, they do something like that. It is so typical of the Cowboys. And I'm sick of it. I feel like I betrayed myself. They're too good for Andrew Catalan? They they won't play hard for Andrew Catalan? No, but you know what I mean. Yes. You know what I mean? You feel like they cheated on you on the honeymoon. Like you just committed. Just committed. And guess what? Just because I'm not watching you as the number one spotlight (laughs) game yesterday, you don't go into Indianapolis and lay an egg. All right, listen, let's let's relax a little bit. All right, let's take a breath. It's week 16. First, first, zero shut out. first let me credit first let me credit the Colts because they deserve to get credit. Marlon Mack was phenomenal. Andrew he's Luck. Awesome. He's recapt- he was awesome. We're capturing that magic. But we talk about Andrew Luck in this offense, just like you said, Kyle. The defensive player stepped up and shut down an offense in the Cowboys that was riding high. Now on to the Cowboys. 
let's not panic. I feel like everybody's ready to, to say, all right, it, it's over for the Cowboys. They had a bad game. Let's not forget about the five-game win streak that they were on. We're crediting Andrew Luck for recapturing his magic and getting his swagger back. You guys remember a couple weeks ago, Talk right? about it. Where they got shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and everybody's like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to touch the Colts. I'm good. I'm good. You know, this is all, this is all fake and phony. The, the, Six nothing. The Colts are fake news. <laughs> Cody Kessler. But yeah. now they get their juice back. The same thing with the Cowboys. It takes you getting hit in the mouth after a five-game win streak for you to say, all right, we're not as good as we thought we are. Let's hit the reset button. Let's get back to business. I'm fine with where the Cowboys are at. Better now than in the postseason. Kyle, you said something that resonated with me last week about yeah. the, the Vikings. You said, I don't have time for you. Two other good teams. I, there's, just so much, there's so much else going on. Yep. I agree with you, Shrags, in the situation because they're so inconsistent, and that's why I can't have faith in them fully. I cannot ever put my chips fully in on this team. And their eight wins – Dak looks awesome. 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, and there's six losses. It's six touchdowns, six interceptions. Dak brilliantly leads this team against the Eagles, picks apart their secondary down yep. the stretch, throws the ball when he needs to. The big question about Dak is can you, when you're behind like you were against the Colts, throw the ball and come to play? He could not do that again yesterday. So you can't just lean on Zeke, especially in the playoffs. And you probably have to go face the Rams, who will have it together on offense, or the Saints, or whoever right. it is. You can't just be Zeke. Dak has to be more consistent in that offense does. What? Last week he had 455-yard passes. And, and, and they had zero points this week. That's what like, I'm saying. Just saying he could pass the ball. I think the narrative that he can't throw the ball, that, that's washed away with the last five weeks. Would you the second they're down two scores, there is no – like to me, the, mm -hmm. the Cowboys don't have that magic yeah, that you have with other teams. When you're down in football, you abandon your game plan. Like mm -hmm. we've seen this from every quarterback. You know, look at Tom Brady last But I had night. no faith that Dak could take them back from 14 points or 20 points. I have 50% faith that he could. The chorus with Dak is, man, as long as that defense is playing lights out and the running game is going, yeah. Dak is good. Second one of them goes, eh, and we saw that. Just don't be surprised if they recapture that match. I wouldn't be surprised. I, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. If they were one and done. The Bears knocked out Aaron Rodgers. This was a really sweet one for me growing up in Chicago. I have a first-generation pure Bears family. Okay. My sister married a Wisconsin boy, Appleton, Wisconsin, to be specific, okay. a purebred Packers fan. We have a blended NFL family, if you will. My brother and brother-in-law have a pizza bet. I told you guys about yeah. this a couple of yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. And so every time they play each other, one of them has to, the loser has to send the winner a pizza whenever okay. they want it. Dinner's on me. Yesterday, my dad calls me and says, Chicago gets the pizza for yeah. the first time since Good Morning Football has even been on the air. So it's a little sweeter, the fact that they clinch over the Packers to get the yeah. NFC North. I got to tell you guys, I have news. I got engaged. Oh, to, to the Bears. To the Bears. To the Bears. I'm in this relationship yeah. with yeah. them. I'm in this relationship with them. And yeah. it's. I was nervous. I kept my apartment. Apartment's gone. We are engaged. They won the NFC North. They're going to the playoffs, ride or die. They beat Aaron so Rodgers. I'm done. got tattoos last week, right? Yes. Tattoos before the well, engagement. Well, we got tattoos because it was like a crazy in the moment. They shut uh, out oh, the Rams. Oh, yeah, the Rams. Like, is they crazy. only scored six points. It was like great. Vegas. But now, yeah. I mean, they came straight to my dad's house. He's eating his pizza. My, he asked him if he could propose. Okay, and good. Did, and yeah. Okay. All right. Shout Atlanta, out to Atlanta honeymoon. I was going to say, honeymoon little, in Atlanta? Honeymoon in Atlanta, <laughs> maybe. It's nice that time of year. What? A little bit worried about Eddie Jackson. He yeah. is the playmaker on this team on the defensive side of the ball. But I don't like you talking about Eddie Jackson like that. You just got engaged. Be happy. Be happy. Yeah. 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 Right. Come on. But it's so you know, like not. It was a great engagement, but his proposal you know wasn't quite perfect. I can't uh, fully enjoy the moment ever. Yeah. So well, exactly. Listen, Kay, I agree with you. Eddie Jackson is the playmaker. He's not the only playmaker, okay. though. 
Khalil Mack is the heart and soul of this defense. And for me, it is Khalil Mack and what he brings to the table. And if you look at Khalil Mack over the couple of games he's had against the Packers this year, nine tackles, three and a half sacks, three QB hits, forced fumble, and a defensive TD. And the reason I bring up those stats, Peter Schrager, is because <laughs> if you're going to beat the Packers, you got to get after the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has never been rattled in his entire career. But going into this game, he knows he has, to face, he has to face Khalil Mack. He knows exactly what he brings to the table, not against other teams, but Khalil Mack brings his level of game up a notch facing the Packers. So for me, Khalil Mack going in and knowing if we're going to be the little brother beating up on the big brother, I'm going to have to get after the quarterback. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to make sure he feels the pressure, that he feels my body, he feels my arms, he feels these sacks. And that's exactly what he did. Even though at the end of the game, Aaron Rodgers sitting there with that blank face saying, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to have another heroic comeback. He knows that Khalil Mack is always looming. And if sure. you have Khalil Mack on this team, with those type of numbers he's putting up, up against who say some people say is the best quarterback in football, this is why the Chicago Bears are as dominant as they are. There's a cool story with the Chicago Bears, and it's that they kind of overnight transformed themselves. And I think it started wild card weekend last year when Matt Nagy has this horrible playoff loss as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Titans come all the way back. Chiefs couldn't get it going. And the very next morning, on a, on a Monday after a Saturday playoff loss, the Bears announced that the offensive coordinator of a team that absolutely collapsed on national television is going to be our next head coach. And a lot of Bears fans were like, huh? that's the best we could do? Like, that we're getting, not, The Alex Smith guy? Not Josh McDaniels, not Matt right. Patricia. We're getting yeah. Matt Nagy, Alex Smith's whisperer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this guy can coach his He's in yeah. I'll tell you what, that team yesterday, at no point in that game, even when it was 14-14, did I fear that the Bears were going to crumble. And Nagy, to me, is the best coach of the NFC this season. I think Anthony Lynn has been the AFC's best coach. I think Matt Nagy has run circles around his brethren in the NFC. Credit to them and credit to Ryan Pace, who had the courage to say, let's go with Matt Nagy, a guy who might not be the popular pick here in Chicago, and then spend the money on a Trey Burton, who played big yesterday, and spend the money on a Khalil Mack, who yeah. played huge yesterday, and spend the money on a head coach that maybe not everyone in the NFL was lining up to hire. I think Matt Nagy has been a fantastic coach and has changed the culture there in Chicago. He had to beat the Packers. Had to do it. You know, he that really was like did. the final. Yeah. I, I wasn't had to do all... It. Now, you know what okay. you mean. And I look at Bears and Packers are sort of like a family, you know, and like with a family, it comes a photo album. And I just look at this rivalry, and I, I've looked at the album so many times, and I just see Jordy Nelson running free through yeah. the secondary. Randall Cobb, B.J. Raji is dancing in Soldier Field. And it, it, I'm looking at Mark Tressman on the sideline, and his glasses are fogging up, and John Fox is screaming, and uh, James Starks, yeah. and Eddie Lacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers has a national commercial based purely around the idea that he shuts out Soldier Field. Can you imagine that? He said, yeah, that sounds good. I go to Soldier Field and win every time. Let's do it, guys. And it was right. <laughs> and he changed all that. And you know there was a moment that was a little off the radar that I knew I think things are different. End of the first half, the Packers are in Hail Mary range. And the Michelangelo of Hail Marys chucks one. There's no way this wasn't going to be complete. Look how perfect it is. Behinds his time. I've done this all day. It's the perfect Hail Mary. It's a touchdown for the Packers, right? They actually knocked it down. I would have bet my life yeah. that that was going to be A year complete. ago, that does get caught. 100%. Maybe even Peter a couple huh. months ago. You're right. They knocked it down. I said, all right, if Rodgers isn't doing those things, maybe they got a shot to beat him. And the next picture in that family album is Khalil Mack with a backwards sack beating Rodgers finally. This was more than just the score. This was more than the standings. This is a history. This is family. Oh, this is a new beginning. This meant so much to the Bears, the city of Chicago, the country, my family. Massive, <laughs> America. massive. My son, yeah. I'm massive. December 16, 2018, Calvin. The Bears beat 
freedom. It we all it. changed. It was like the Franz Ferdinand assassination. It changed the world. And we mentioned <laughs> Eddie Jackson, and we mentioned Khalil Mack and Nagy, and we will not leave this segment without talking about Mitchell Trubisky because there were questions about him. He had two touchdowns, five interceptions in his previous five starts, Nate. Yesterday, he's completing over 70% of his passes. Yeah. He does not turn the ball over. He's playing mistake-free football. If Mitchell Trubisky plays just like that, they will beat everyone else. Talk about it. Ooh, if Mitchell Trubisky plays that way with, with that defense, who's stopping them? That's 100%. a bold statement, Kay. I'm not willing to say that, but that's a bold statement. They Said beat it. the hell out of the Rams, and he played terribly. Mm-hmm. Now he's better. Somebody's got to go in a Soldier Field and try to win a playoff No game. team has they, had two back-to-back wins as impressive as the Bears the last two weeks. They beat the Rams, but there was yeah. still nervousness. I wasn't yeah. getting engaged to them after that Rams game because yeah. there was still the way that Mitchell Trubisky played that was concerning. If he can be consistent, which is something that we criticize a lot of quarterbacks for. I just yeah. criticized Dak for being that way. If he can play like this, the hot streak. Chicago Bears are a great team. Just remember, not much playoff experience with that squad. Fair, very fair to say. Some people. New England had a first round bye, guys, each of their eight Super Bowls in the Belichick Brady era, and they have never, never advanced to the Super Bowl when they've had to play in the wild card round. So one of us at the table took a blood oath mm-hmm. <laughs> that the Patriots right. will be there in the AFC Championship right. game. Kyle, that was you. That was me. I swore in my own blood that they'll be in the title game. And it looks bad. It looks really bad. The only touchdown they had was on this fluke defensive breakdown. And Chris Hogan goes, that was, I mean, otherwise. Third play of the game. That's it. Yeah, third play of the game. They never score another touchdown. Um, but I'm going to dig my heels in. And it's okay. nice and comfy because I got the Ugg boots on. Um, I'm going to go. Um, guys, here's the thing. We're seeing Tom Brady make weird mental mistakes. The thing at the end of the half versus Dolphins, the weird throw there. And in a way, I think that's good. Because if Brady, if the arm wasn't there, if you looked like Peyton in the last year when it's just ducks then we got a real problem the fact that brady's making some weird mental decisions is something we can figure out that's that that does not bother me too much and then they're going to be in the playoffs they're going to be home even if it is a wild card round are they going to play Baltimore? And you're going to have a rookie quarterback who goes into Foxborough and wins? It's never happened. 0 for 9. Luck lost. Deshaun Watson lost a bunch of other guys. And then who are they going to play in the second round? The Houston Texans? Let me tell you what Bill Belichick does Houston Texans. Here they go. There's the Texans. He flicks them right out of his teeth. He owns the Texans. It's weird. It's bad. All the optics are terrible. And I agree with you guys. But I am doubling down. I am bound by my own blood to believe in the Patriots. They'll be in the title game. First hour, you're talking about cutting eyelids off. Yeah. Now you're picking things out of your teeth. I'm, I'm so a weird guy. <laughs> what do you got? I listened to the radio calls on a lot of these games, and I was listening to the Patriots radio call with Bob Sosi and, and Scott Zolak, and Zolak yeah. is, is beside himself. Like, Marcus Cannon, this is T.J. Watt, not J.J. Watt. Can you stop him? Like, someone, get, get him out of the game. Put Dwayne Allen in. Like, Patriots fans are freaking out right now because okay. there's not just the play on the field, which was terrible last night. That was not a Patriots performance. It's some of the decision-making going on and, and just feeling the vibe around the Patriots. It's like, why isn't Josh Gordon in on the last drive of the mm. game? Why is Philip Dorsett playing two snaps? Why can't Marcus Cannon stop anybody without holding him? And why is Tom Brady look like a mediocre quarterback right now? This is not the Tom Brady from a year ago. Tom Brady from a year ago was the MVP of the league and would win mm-hmm. this game. Tom Brady was overthrowing receivers. Tom Brady was trying to throw the ball out of bounds through an interception. And as great as Tom Brady played last week against the Dolphins, he made a boneheaded play at the mm-hmm. end of the first half that cost them a very important possession and maybe some very important points. Yeah. This isn't the Brady from a year ago, and that's what gives me scare. If I have to pick – this sounds like a crazy comment, and everyone watching Good Morning Football, you can write this down. It could be an old take, whatever. If I had to pick five quarterbacks in the NFL that I want to start tomorrow for my Ooh. team, I'm not sure, based on last night's performance – Tom Brady's one of them. Mm. Could you go higher than five? I, you might. I, yeah. Br- Brady doesn't look great. Belichick's decision yeah. seems to be confusing. And all the 
all the issues about, ooh, Belichick and Brady, there's palace intrigue and they don't get along. That's not what worries me right now. What worries me is the talent on the field. Yeah. Who's going to be the receiver? Mm-hmm. If Josh Gordon's not in the game yeah. and Chris Hogan suddenly your playmaker who hasn't done anything all season, where's James White? Like, yeah. Sonny Michelle, like, I know you got hurt, but maybe we need Wrong. you to step up and stay healthy. There's a lot of questions for the Patriots, and I think Brady can be questioned after yesterday. And at the wrong time. You made the point so clearly a couple of weeks ago. Almost, you didn't take a blood oath, but you're like, this is when you can't question mm-hmm. the Patriots. This is when their season starts, and it's not looked that way. Hasn't. You're Hasn't. right. And you don't see Patriots fans being actually concerned in December ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the feeling right and now. And to your point about Brady, even in that last drive, those shots to the end zone, they didn't even touch the wide receiver's hands. They weren't close. They were sailing high. But for me, it's it's about the rhythm of the game. You know, I'm looking at this mm. team, they got everything. Like, they got the superstar quarterback. They got the playmakers on offense, even playmakers of defense. They even have the coaches and the game plan. It's like an artist that can sing well. They have the production. They got the right beat. But as soon as they pick up the microphone, mm-hmm. the flow isn't there. So, All right. the hustle, the hustle was a go. The flow is a no. There's no flow on this offense. When you look at what they did, all right, this is the seventh time this season they've rushed for over 100 yards. Six out of those seven were on the road. Now, what about one of that mistake-free football? You know, this is the Patriots, right? The Patriot way. 14 penalties Mm -hmm. for 106 yards. Ten of those were on the offensive side of the ball. And speaking of flow, towards the end of the game, all right, third quarter, they have a chance to tie. They set up for a field goal. Fourth quarter, okay, you can take the lead. Tom Brady throws a pick. All right, end of the game. All right, let's go ahead and tie the game. Tom Brady has a chance in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Turnover on downs. The flow isn't there. And that's something you never question with the Patriots. All of a sudden, we're questioning it. Lost with the Patriots and with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You have five Super Bowl rings. They're attached to those two, right? Also, top ten defenses are attached to those rings. They've gone all of those those trips, those seasons with the Super Bowl, top ten defenses or better. They had a number one in there, a number six in there, and so on. This year, they're 23rd. They're the 23rd ranked defense. This is one. This is not a Super Bowl-bound defense, in my opinion, and that's what it takes to help Brady and that offense out as much as we trust in TB12. Jalen Samuels ran all over them yesterday. Yeah. Jalen Samuels. Their defense is scary. Shout out to Jalen. Frank Gordon. Yeah. So which win or which loss even was the biggest statement in Week 15? Which loss I'll go with which win, and I'll spin it positively to the Cleveland Browns. While Kyle mm-hmm. Brandt was reading his highlight, I literally got up off the table, and I went over to talk to our super producer slash researcher, Matt Hamilton, I said, all right, so tell me again about this Browns losing streak. I want to make sure I get this right for TV. He said, yeah, you're right. It's 11 straight losses dating back to 1990. <laughs> 1990? Crazy. I was nine years old in 1990. That's crazy because when you think about the Browns and – where they were over the last couple decades, or where they were over the last couple years, they've been literally the armpit of the NFL. I was in that locker room, knowing guys in that locker room didn't even want to be a Browns player. Now, all of a sudden, this could be one of the sexiest locations. You got young guys in a mix of free agents that want to be there, and they're excited about wearing that, that those colors. I would say logo on the helmet, but somebody said there's no logo on the helmet. It's true. It's a but stripe. Here's the thing. If you're a Browns player now, you're not looking at yourself the same. You know, I'm a, I'm a Leo. I'm a true lion at heart. And it's oftentimes what I say to kids, if you see yourself as a kitten, you'll be a kitten. But if you see yourself as a full-grown lion and wants to conquer your jungle, go ahead and do that. And they are out there conquering one jungle at a time. Mm. They went out to Denver in a tough place to play. They forced two turnovers on Keenan. My man Baker Mayfield did his thing once again. Two TDs, played big in moments, didn't play perfect. And Nick Chubb, another 100-yard rushing game. Man, shout out to the Browns. Yeah, you know, that was the Saturday night game. I'm going to go even further back. I'm going to go to Thursday night. 
I think the Chargers had such a big win. It was exercised demons, and it also put them on the national map as a team to be worried about, a real team to say, hey, we're going to be ones you have to reckon with, not only in the division, but now in the entire conference and maybe the entire league. Look, they had lost nine straight games to the Kansas City Chiefs. And all season long, I'd been on this show saying, okay, this is all great. You can go beat the Steelers, and that's fine. And you can go beat whoever else and take care of the Raiders and whatever else you got in your schedule. Go beat the Chiefs, and then we'll talk about you. Well, guess what? They beat the Chiefs after being down 14 points in the fourth quarter. And that's just two weeks after being down 16 points in the second half in Pittsburgh. The Chargers have this really cool thing going on where they play in front of 35,000 fans, and most of those fans, I'd say more than half, are fans of the other team when they have home games. It's going to be the same deal on Saturday against the Ravens. Baltimore mm. is coming, mm. and that fan base travels. But they are calloused, they are hardened, mm. and they are ready to take on a team anywhere. If it means playing in London, bring it. If it means playing in Pittsburgh, bring it. If it means playing in Kansas City, bring it. If it means playing at home when everyone's wearing purple on Saturday night, Bring it. I think the Chargers had the biggest win of the weekend, not only beating the Chiefs, but making a statement around the league saying, you got to worry about us. They set the tone for all these upsets on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, going for two at the end of the game, that was unbelievable the way they did that. And look what happened, to your point. My favorite tweet came out last night. It was from the at Pittsburgh Steelers official account. and was right after the game, and they did the Will Ferrell. It just said, did that go how you thought it was going to go? And it was so <laughs> perfect because the Steelers are the other guys. I mean, it's you, you look at, and it's December, and you look at, you turn on your TV, and it's Jim Nance, and it's dark, and it's at Heinz Field, and Tom Brady's there, and the Patriots are going to win that game. This, they, they've gone back years. I talked about this last week. Ben Roethlisberger has beaten Tom Brady in seven years. And in that time, Kevin Cobb's beaten Tom Brady, and Sam Bradford's beaten him. Obviously, Nick Foles. It goes on and on and on. I think he really needed to have it. I know Mike Tomlin really needed to have it. You lose the Patriots and miss the playoffs, we could be talking about a new coach. And Pittsburgh never hires a new coach. Um, I also think that... It gets lost last year. Last year, they beat the Patriots. They beat the Patriots in an idiotic rule that has since been changed, took the win from them. But this year, they really did it. They didn't leave it to a rule. There was no question. There was no controversy in this game, guys. There's always some weird discussion the next day. Yeah. The only discussion is how much better were the Steelers than the Patriots last night. And it was by a lot. If the, if the Patriots don't get some wild, weird Chris Hogan touchdown, they're not even showing up in that game. So after all these years and all this scar tissue and all these losses, this one wasn't really close. I know that. Yeah. Patriots had a shot at the end of the game. The Steelers beat the crap out of them. I don't care what the right. score is. That was all Pittsburgh. You're right. You're right about that. Well said by everybody. Wow, there are such good games. Yeah, there were. The way that Great we games. thought that they would. I have to, I cannot talk about the Bears in this one. Have the to. Bears, I mean, they're 2-15 in the last 17 games they've played against the Green Bay Packers. Right. They haven't won over Green Bay at Soldier Field since 2010. They haven't clinched the division since 2010 either. So there's that. There's the amazingness of just what that is and what it means for Nagy and getting Khalil Mack and being a Chicago fan. What's more is that you have Eddie Jackson, the playmaker on this defense outside of Khalil Mack for the Chicago Bears, ending that streak that yeah. Aaron Rodgers had going. There's little things in this that you are yeah. reveling in if you were a Bears fan this morning. He had, what it was, a consecutive 402 straight mm -hmm. attempts on interception. Eddie Jackson ends that. And, and they didn't just clinched the division they killed the Packers playoff hopes dashing the yeah. dreams Aaron Rodgers when he's healthy has never missed the playoffs <laughs> ever and the Bears handed that to him on a platter on their home field yesterday it was a hold the L I love Aaron Rodgers I think he's very special I have nothing but respect for him but I as a Bears fan 
love that all of those things happened yesterday. And I also see you, Aaron Rodgers, because instead of what every Chicago Bears fan wanted yesterday was to see you sulking at the podium or being upset or unhappy or showing us some level of just, just being <laughs> mopey and schmoopy, you were up there cracking jokes. You look like you were in a good mood, and you only did that because you robbed bears of that one image that we've wanted for so long. You know what I think? It's a funny way of putting it. That's When I saw it... I'm not going to give you your pleasure. I'm not going to be mopey and schmoopy and down in the dumps because of you bears. I'm not letting you do that. He was quoting Matthew McConaughey in his post game. Little gallows humor. I'm not asking for tears, but at least give me like a a sad face. I, I, I looked at it as him showing respect. He wasn't that upset because he lost to a better team that day. Mm. I see that as him That's showing that team respect. The Bears are scary right now. We're always here to learn new things each week, and Week 15 was no different. Here's what the breakfast table learned from the action in Week 15. You guys know I love a blind resume. Sure. Let's do it. Let's put up Luke Keekley's numbers. You remember his rookie season the year he won Defensive Rookie of the Year? It was a standout season, was it not, Shrakes? It was amazing. It was one of the great breakthrough years for a linebacker we've ever seen. All those tackles, the game. Who could possibly have more here going into Week 16? More tackles per game than the guy, Luke Keekley, who represents so much at that position. Mm. It's Darius Leonard. That's Darius Leonard. His numbers are way better. Colts, rookie linebacker. He had 11 tackles this week. And after that display, what I learned in week 15 is that Darius Leonard is your defensive rookie of the year. He leads... The NFL in tackles, guys, not his team, not just rookies, the National Football League, and that's with missing a game earlier this year. He's averaging more tackles a game than any rookie linebacker since 1981. That is when they started counting tackles as a statistic. The thing about... Darius Leonard to me is that I keep hearing he's so good, he's the he's the dude, he's so destructive. But is anybody actually watching the stuff that we're seeing right now? He's so versatile, he's a game wrecker, and I feel like because he plays for the Colts, we don't always show their highlights as much. Yep. We're not seeing the nitty gritty of how good he is. I mean. He's anchoring a Colts defense that's led the NFL since week seven in points allowed, just 15 a game, and they've gone 7-1, and one, by the way, over that stretch. Now, during the shout-out of the Cowboys, we all love this. He went up against the guy who's getting more shine yeah. and more highlights, and we know what he does on the field because we see it because it's America's team. He went up against Leighton Van Der Esch and the Cowboys. Not only did the Colts get a huge win, but Leonard racked up more tackles than Leighton, who only had, I think, like two. He broke up two passes, including one to ice the game in the fourth quarter. And he vanderished. He jacked Vanderesh's signature awesome. celebration after this. Check it out. How the wolf owls, right? Oh. If you don't know, now you know. Number 53, I was on Colts.com yesterday checking out some mic'd up sound. I'd never seen him. He is a character. He's becoming a superstar right before our eyes. But let me tell you some other things that I learned about him, right? He grew up in a town of 800 people in South Carolina. He was a standout from the jump. And his dream was to go to Clemson. He attended camps there, but a scholarship never happened. So he ended up at South Carolina State, not exactly a powerhouse, right? His nickname in high school was Mr. High Flyer. Luckily, Mm. it is has been replaced by, in my opinion, one of the badass nicknames in the NFL, the Maniac. That's what it's called. And if you watch him and you listen to him and you see him, 
He's a maniac, and it comes with a signature dance you guys are seeing. When he makes a big play and he's feeling himself, you're looking at the maniac. Oh, this is awesome. Yes. See a Soldier Boy. See a Von Miller dancing. All yeah. of that. This is it. You guys want to give it a try? Yeah, I'll do the maniac. Come with me. Let's all get maniac-y right now. So is, right. He, is he a Q? Because if he's a Q, you know, I can't disrespect. I was say, if he's you know, an Omega, we probably, Can't yeah. disrespect oh, fraternity, I'll do brothers. the maniac. Is that what it is? I figured it was off-the-shoulder sweatshirt and leg warmers. Yeah, he yeah, 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 makes yeah. a big play, and it's like a, here it is. I don't think he's a Q dog. It doesn't look Miss you. Yeah. But you know. Is that just, what it is? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay? Maybe best you go first. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 if I'm wrong, then I'm sorry. I just enjoyed the No, it's, I see a brand oh, over you there. You see the brand? I don't the see a brand. I don't, He's uh, definitely branding, but I don't know. Is it? I don't know. It's okay. Maybe we do it. It's okay. We love. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I like when he did the Vanderash. <laughs> Just to be safe. You're a maniac, and we oh, love you, and I think you should be Defensive Player of the Year, and that is what matters. Maniac for I can't turn the hands. I can't turn the hands. I know, I got it. His brother it. went to Clemson. He doesn't even get a scholarship offer. Yeah, he didn't get any Crazy offer. Crazy story. Clemson can't bring him in? Can't bring him in. Dabo said, no, we're, we're full. Dabo's got a good I thing I feel like on. it was Derwin James, then we were saying Dante Jackson had yeah. a hot moment, and obviously Van Der Esch getting a lot of love because of where he plays. But his performance in and out has been Absolutely stunning. We like to share what we learned to put a bow on week 15, and week 15 taught us plenty. Yeah, week 15 was lit, Kay, mm -hmm. as the kids can. Like, as kids say. Like Mitch like Trubisky's, Trubisky's sweater. sweater. Test right. time, Nate. Let's go. It is test time. Let's get this thing going. All right, so they say all good things come to an end. What I learned is that the same can be said for losing streaks as well. I'm going to go through those losing streaks that were snapped in the only way that I can. So let's see if you can keep up, all right? So Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, they beat the Chiefs for the first time since Week 17, 2013. Mm. Now, Pat Mahomes, he's been the anchor of his team, but Phillip Rivers... He's been anchorman, too. Okay. All right, they got the win, and they are catching fire at the same time. It looks like no more Hunger Games in L.A. I see Those you. Those all in 2013. See what I'm doing mm -hmm. there? All right, now, we also saw the first win 49ers over the Seahawks since 2013 as well. All right, you remember that year, right? Russell Wilson, he came in like a wrecking ball going to back-to-back -back Super Bowls. And speaking of that, no more talk about giving Marshawn the ball to win the game. You guys are all frozen in time. Let it go. Let it go. All right, right. now. The throw never bothered him anyway, It right? never bothered him anyway. All right, so it's been since 2011, since the Steelers beat New England. And that rivalry is real. Have you ever been to one of those games? Those fans are incredibly loud and incredibly close. The Pats <laughs> roster, the yeah. they are all descendants of Moneyball. So I knew that this was going to happen in time. All right, now let's move on. The last time the Bears beat the Packers in Soldier Field was week three, 2010. The town of Green Bay <laughs> has seen Rodgers dominate since the inception of his career. Uh -huh. Now, I didn't know who to root for. <laughs> I was stuck between a rock and a hard place like 127 hours. Oh, my man. Yeah, yeah. All right, Franco. Now, finally, wow, with a pocket the knife. last time. No, Flea flicker. Last time the Browns beat the Broncos. It was week five, 1990. 1990. I watched the Fresh Prince of Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, do his thing live and live in color, cutting up that Denver mm. D like Edward Scissor's hands. Now listen, players for the Browns, they used to be like that old lady in the Life Call commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up. Nate. But now they have that it factor. Because that team, oh, they got game, boy. Hey, which was 89 95 and 1990. 89.95? Here's the thing. That's like a grand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Bill Cowell, who I work with on Sunday, said um, all of these cycles will eventually come to an end. Win streaks, they're good for the team that's winning, but they're always losing streaks for the other squad. So congrats to the team that 
snapped all of those losing streaks. Well done. Peter, what'd you learn? I'm gonna go to the West Coast, okay? Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in all of football, and he's been just that since the middle of the 2016 season. But in week 15, Aaron Donald wasn't the best guy who wears number nine and plays for his team in the state of California, nor was Joey Bosa. That man was 49ers defensive lineman DeForest Buckner. Mm. I'll go one further. Derrick Henry, Phillip Rivers, Khalil Mack, all were great. There was no player at any position in football this week that was better than DeForest Buckner. Mm. Against the hated Seahawks, a team they hadn't beaten since week 14, 2013, Buckner recorded 11 tackles from the defensive line position. Mm. He had three quarterback hits, and he knocked four tackles for a loss. He also sacked Russell Wilson, maybe the hardest quarterback to bring down and chase down in this league, twice. He did this all in a 26-23 win for a team that was Mm. expected to do little and maybe lose by double digits against a red-hot Seahawks squad. This one meant, meant so much more for the 49ers. Richard Sherman and Robert Sala and DeForest Buckner, number 99, was flying all over the field. Back on June 28th, I put together my annual breakout stars list of 2018. Mm-hmm. Here they were. Oh, Daniel yeah. Hunter and Patrick Mahomes, they've delivered. Grady Jarrett's oh, yeah. been solid. Buda Baker hasn't had the season. But I had the DeForest Buckner on there. And I'd argue that DeForest Buckner has been as impressive as either Mahomes or Hunter the past few weeks. This guy has been incredible. In an appropriate for movie season, Sunday was Buckner's A Star is Born All right. moment. Oh, okay. This wasn't just a flash-in-the-pan game for DeForest Buckner, a former first-round pick. It's been an incredible year for the guy that they call Defo in the locker room. Mm. In two games against the Seahawks, he's had a combined 19 tackles from the Jeez. interior defensive line. He's got 11 sacks on the season, the most by any 49er since Alden Smith had 19 and a half in 2012. And he's got the most sacks for a 49ers inside defensive lineman since Bryant Young had 11 in 1999. Bryant Young, amazing player. Bryant Young was amazing. The 2018 49ers season has not gone as planned. We know Jarek McKinnon's knee injury right before week one was terrible. Right. Jimmy G tore his knee up in week three, and the Reuben Foster situation has been awful. It was a year of adversity, and it was a year of frustration for everyone from the team guys in the front office to the coaching staff to the fans. But here's San Francisco doing exactly what they did a year ago, rattling off wins one by one in December, knocking off playoff contenders, and giving fans hope for next year. When they win these games, it hurts their draft status for next season. And with these two wins, the 49ers probably ruined any chance at a top three draft pick and a big-name defensive line guy like Ed Oliver or Nick Bosa. But guess what? That's okay because they've got DeForest Buckner. Not just an up-and-coming curiosity, but now one of the best defensive linemen in all of football. Shout out to Defo. Defo! 49ers team. They seem to come to play in December with Nick Mullins and the rest. I love watching the Niners when it matters most, and they are knocking off teams one by one. Nice. Incredible. It's not that they're coming and winning. They're, like, coming to battle, these, this, this squad. Like, I do not want, if I'm a fan of any team, to take on the Niners right now. And who, who do they have to face? The Rams? They got the Rams coming up. They got the Bears coming They got the Rams and the Bears. I don't yeah, like watch that. Watch out. Mm-mm. Defo. Defo. Like Debo. You had him in your top five. I love I loved rare Niners. air. Like Debo? Like Debo. Like Debo. That's my sack, punk. <laughs> Niners are scary. All right. Uh, the Chicago Bears, They, I guess they could be potentially the best team in the league right now. I think they're definitely the most fun. Now, we've seen this all year. If you've heard about Club Dub, Kay's shown it on the show. After every win, they go in the locker room yeah. and they party. They turn it into a nightclub there's mirror balls and there's music and there's all kinds of stuff so I thought since we've seen so many of this these, is the biggest one oh my goodness it's the biggest one by far Kay because this is them winning the NFC North finally beating the Packers and you've probably seen these videos on your phone or on our show or all over the place 
But I like to know the cast of characters because a party is only good as its characters and there's always the usual suspects at a good party. So let me come back here, my friends. Yes. Let's break down Club Dub. We have a still picture that the Bears tweeted out. They put the whole thing up. They just, it was a frozen moment. And like, this is your 2018 oh. Bears. How glorious is this picture? Love and that. guys, we got it all. Every party that I've gone to this worth its salt, there's shirtless guy down here. That's Anthony Miller. He's a rookie. Yeah. I have shirtless guys. I was looking to do kamikaze shots and wants more LMFAO and MWK. That was me. That was Nate was shirtless, was shirtless guy. guy. There's Nate Burleson. This is a rookie right here. Yeah. Rookie Nate is Anthony Miller shirt off, yeah. shirtless. Now, who's next? How about the host of the party? Everyone needs a host who's hospitable. We're going right in the middle. Guys, we're going right here to Bradley Sowell. Yeah. The big lineman. We saw him earlier in the year catch a touchdown yes, pass. Did. He, dude, this is all this is is six foot seven, three hundred and nine pounds. Bradley Sowell, and it's like this whole picture. If, if this was the Last Supper, Sowell would be Christ, right in the middle. <laughs> it's where your eyes go. I mean, can you believe this guy is from Hernando, Mississippi, now in Chicago, Illinois, having the time of his life. He's the host of the party. Next, every party has to have a rock star. You got to have the guy everybody looks at when they walk in. And let's go right to Josh Bellamy. Is now, let me DJ. Bro, is there a chain on? He got a chain on, Nate. DJ. He's got sunglasses. He is the life of the party. He's never made the playoffs before. So he knows he's going to. And I just look at Bellamy. Can you imagine if they win a playoff game? Oh, man. Can you imagine if he's in Atlanta and they win the Super Bowl? Nate, what's this dude going to break out? Oh, he's going to be on his Willie Beeman, for real. <laughs> he's going to be the whole, like, driving the Humvee into the locker room. I love somebody who raises. He went and found his sunglasses. I can't he dance without sunglasses. He got the diamond chain on top of the shoulder pads, Kyle. All right, now here's next to the rock star. There's always, like, the kid. Who is the kid who was brought into the party and sees some things he can't believe it? Look at Kevin White right here. This is a frozen moment. <laughs> Every comment below this picture on Twitter, dude, what is Kevin White looking at? What is Kevin White? There's a lot of jokes involving the word kick in that I won't make. Kevin White, though, is staring at things that nah. he cannot unsee. Look at the happiness around him, and we catch him in the celebration. Being like, I know what it is. Look at my big brother just did. What Nate, what was it? Translate it. You're, you're at the club with your boys. <laughs> you get that text from your girl, and she's like, do you. I'm do going you. to bed. Oh, that's yeah. the text he just got? Yeah, right. I thought you were asleep. Well, do you. Nate, you mentioned a young lady. Let's go back out to the field because this story we know, Charles Leno proposed after yes. the game. Chucky Leno and his fiance, this is his fiance Jen, who's all decked out and everything like that, has got the ring. It appears to be from a store named after Tiffany, which is really fancy. <laughs> so what would you do, all right? He proposes, and then five minutes later, he's involved in a wild party. This is the lover, guys. Take me back to the locker room. Here's will you marry me. Jen says yes, and he runs off to be with his boys. It's almost like an early bachelor party. What? If you go back to the locker room after she, look at, this is White. Now give me Leno. He, she said yes, Charles. Look at my man right there. Yeah. yeah. Is he crying? He's crying. He's laughing. He doesn't have to carry the ring around anymore. All that weight. That's a very stressful wait, carry. Wait, wait. Yes. Five minutes after the proposal? Yes. Well, Okay, I gotta ask. Yes. What were you doing five minutes after your proposal? As for Charles Leno up here, uh, it was more like three minutes, Nate. Um, excuse me. Five minutes? What am I, Sting? Um, oh my Charles God. Leno having the time of his life as he should. Let's bring this home. Kendrick! You know what we need? We need, we need, some, we need some parental influence, clearly. Peter just screamed Tanner. Every party has a dad. Who's the dad at this point? Look that? at Nagy, way back there. See? Coach Nagy all the way in the back, walking around saying, all right, guys, give me the car keys, hand them in. You can stay here all night. Just give me the, he's putting a line 
on the liquor bottles to mark it where, you know, where his cutty sark is and his parrot <laughs> bay and all that. So that no, and then the kids will just fill it with water. Look at Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel back there hiding and nagging. Yes. And then lastly, guys, here's the MVP. With all of this debauchery, certainly on this show, you need a moral compass at the party. You need someone to hold everything together. Show Give me, me my moral compass. Now look at this gentleman right here. I didn't know who it was. I reached, I reached out to the bears of this smiling gentleman in the sunglasses. This is the team chaplain. <laughs> yes! This is the team chaplain. His name is Jonathan Wilkins. Yes! And he's pretty much saying, you guys just do what you're going to do. Prayers up for this room. Yeah. Wilkins is the guy, maybe the soul of this room and soul yeah. of the party. Yeah. And as we pan back one more time, I will just say the Chicago Bears, your prayers have been answered. That chaplain up in the sky has taken you to the playoffs. Mm. You beat Rodgers. You're going to host the playoff game and we love the party can you imagine if they're doing this in week 15 of the nfl season what they'd be doing if they win the nfc title or the super bowl mm. bears most can i get an amen <laughs> can we get it amen <laughs> hallelujah mr wilkins we love it in Look, the name of jesus she said yes we turn the gatorade to one all day bellamy soul chaplains naggy it's an awesome picture for an awesome team love it unfortunate for kevin white in that photo yeah kevin have a day it's all right i Enjoy like yourself. trey burton there on the left he's been here before no doubt oh love that great photo great what we learned defoe shrags giving him some love well it's that time of year where playoff scenarios for some teams are more complicated than calculus right thankfully though we've got our own expert in peter schrager to help us figure out how teams can clinch a postseason spot here's how the cleveland browns can end up playing january football the good morning football podcast is brought to you by burrow the holiday season is here, and whether you're hosting the entire extended family or just a few friends, you'll need a cozy seat for everyone. There's no better time to replace your worn-out, hand-me-down couch with a super comfortable, high-quality, and stylish Burrow sofa. Burrow makes life more comfortable from the shopping experience all the way to the moment of crashing on your Burrow sofa at the end of a long day. Burrow couches are durable, comfortable, naturally scratch and stain resistant, and their modular design makes it easy to set up. It's easy to customize your sofa online, and shipping is fast and free. Burrow comes with a built-in USB charger, so you never have to get up. How great is that? And it's no wonder Burrow was named one of Time's Best Inventions of 2018. You can get your living room ready for all of your holiday celebrations and save $75 on a new sofa by visiting Burrow dot com slash good morning that's b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash good morning to get 75 dollars off your order thanks again to burrow for supporting the show the playoff push is on 14 teams vying for seven remaining playoff spots but some teams need help it involves more than just a win in your in scenario so who better to explain it all to educate the masses than our very own Professor Schrager. Professor, good morning. Good morning, Kyle. How are you? Welcome to the classroom. I'd like to take a look at the Cleveland Browns. Okay. okay. Cleveland Browns. Can we talk about how the Cleveland Browns can actually get into the playoff picture? Well, the Cleveland Browns, they're still alive. They had a heroic win over the Broncos Saturday night, but with the Ravens, Colts, Titans, and Steelers all winning on Sunday in their okay. games, okay. their playoff odds were greatly diminished. Oh. But they are not eliminated. Ah. Not yet. Okay. So how could the 6-7-1 Browns make the playoffs? The Browns need to win their final two games, home against the Bengals in Week 16, then at the Ravens in Week 17. Second, the Ravens must lose their final two games. That's at the Chargers on Saturday, and then home against Cleveland in Week 17. The Browns also need 
need the Dolphins to lose one of their final two games, either home against the Jaguars on Sunday or on the road against the Bills next week. The Browns also need the Colts oh. to lose oh, wow. their Week 16 oh, wow. game against the Giants, while the Titans must also lose their Week 16 game against Washington on Saturday. Okay, got it. Then what? Oh, the Colts and the Titans <laughs> must tie in their Week 17 game at Tennessee. Yes, not a win, not a loss from either team. The Colts and they the Titans to must tie in Week 17. If all of that happens. The Browns, the Colts, the Titans would all finished in a three-way tie okay. with eight seven and one records, and would all be tied for that sixth and final playoff spot. Okay. The Colts okay. would win in a tiebreaker over the Titans, which leads to a final Browns-Colts okay. tiebreaker. What is it? And by virtue of the common games tiebreaker, the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> with a higher winning percentage in common games over the Colts, would earn the sixth lead and earn a spot in the 2018 NFL playoffs. <laughs> Guys, there are 8,748 ways for the games involving the Browns, the Ravens, the Colts, the Titans, and the Dolphins, including ties, wow. to play out in the final two weeks of the season. <laughs> there are only 12 possible outcomes of 8,748 8, opportunities for the Colts to get in. That is a point. 0014% chance for the Browns to make the playoffs. So, Browns fans, if you're asking me, the answer is yes. yes. You are more than alive and well. I'm telling you, there's a chance. My man! Uh, What's uh, happening with you? My nose is bleeding, trying to keep up with all, uh, it. all the scenario straight. That was amazing. Well done. You lost me after the tie. You're Once truly you said a the tie mom. has to happen, I was like, all right, we're done. What happens week 17 if it's two minutes left in the game? Titans versus the Colts. <laughs> oh it's 13 13. Yeah. Browns fans at home just yelling, don't score! Right. Because the Titans and Colts need it too. And Frank Reich is going to yeah. go for it. What they need is for time to expire. That's it. Because they're going to go for it. No one's going to play for a tie. They need to have one of those where you just ran out of time and a couple missed kicks. But we've seen it already. We've, we've seen, seen it. We've seen it last it year. Can happen. Tyler Boyd scored a 8,748. The yes. Browns are alive. <laughs> Are they though? Yes! I knew these ties would be fun. That's exactly why. They tie the Steelers way back in week one. That brings us here. Oh, I've that's never good. even heard of a game needing a tie like that. Needs a tie that. from two other teams, not even them. They need someone else to tie. <laughs> All right, ties just tie for us. The old common opponent tiebreaker. They have the edge over the Colts, guys. Isn't there a real thing where they flip a coin at some point? Yes, it's like the 13th tiebreaker yeah. is okay. a coin flip. We That's not that. a myth. Okay. We That's a real that. thing. I right. now, yeah, me too. Sure. Right? With all that said, they're six, seven, and one. Highly unlikely that they get in. For a second, though, can we appreciate what the Browns have done, though? Because yeah. I don't think anyone expected these guys to Nate, even be sniffing the playoffs. Nate, I've already picked them to win the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> you <laughs> did, though. You like, thought that they'd be where they I are. I thought they'd win seven games, but uh, even that was a stretch because I did it last year and they let me mm -hmm. down. But that was Hugh Jackson's brand. There will be no hotter team all offseason than the Browns. We've they, seen that before, agreed. though. We they saw it two years ago with the Bucks. I know. Remember? We saw oh, yeah, the they 49. were close. Yeah. Don't Bucks yeah. them up. Come on. I hope not. I hope I mean, I've won four of the last five games, many of them on the road, and a lot of these over great quarterbacks. They've beaten Cam Newton in a big game, beaten Matt Ryan in a big game. Is and Greg they, with three Gs the coach? That's, that's the question. Ooh. That's a great question. We've seen some interim head coaches get hot and get some love. I remember Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved him. Metallica. Good, Jim Tomsula. A lot. Good. That's an interesting really dynamic, though, because if they win out, right, and they finish the season strong, um, that's eight wins for these guys. And then in the offseason, I wonder how much influence from this young team will the organization pay you know, attention to. 
I think Freddie Kitchens, the offensive coordinator, is a rock star right mm -hmm. now. And I think Baker and him have a great thing going. To be the head coach of a team means you're getting a long-term dealing. Greg Williams is a stud as a defensive coordinator. He's done an amazing job. I've already said on this show I think he deserves full consideration. I just don't know if the Browns are going to give him a long-term deal to be the future head coach. I, I don't know. We'll see. And I could be wrong. It, could Freddie be a candidate for that? Probably not head coach. Mm -hmm. I, it, Elsewhere? I, 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 you know what? they finish the last couple of games? Search. It's the... It's amazing because the Packers job is going to be available. There are going to be other jobs available. I think that the Browns job is the most coveted job in the really? entire offseason when you've got a young quarterback and all that talent. Was it Bruce Arians? Said he was, I would only come back for one job, the Browns. I mean, it's incredible. You're right. It's a long way from them asking 30 people to come in for an interview. And a lot of people would think it's Aaron Rodgers in that job, but you're saying it's the Browns. And this isn't so. dismissive about the fact that you need to win games in the NFL, but... It's low expectations for what it's worth. I mean, you're not going to the Green Bay Packers where they expect you to bring a Lombardi home the following season. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you're head it coach. It is Super Bowl yeah. a bust in Green Bay. In yeah. Cleveland, just give us a winner. I mean, three years from now, the Browns, are, I think, are running the show. They're I running so, the league. Without the, in that division, the other quarterbacks They're will gone. not be there anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't think they will be. And then it's Baker's to have. They've been still got it. Russell Crowe's got nothing on you, Shrakes. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us at GMFB, have a good morning and a great day.